welcome to a new weekly podcast series called USERF Spotlight, hosted by the United States Commission on International Religious Freedom, an independent federal advisory body. During each episode, Director of Outreach and Policy, Dwight Bashir, features a special guest to dive deeper on various topics and breaking developments that impact the universal right to freedom of religion or belief around the globe. Welcome to USERF Spotlight. I'm Dwight Bashir. Today, we're going to delve into recent developments in Kazakhstan, where promising religious freedom reforms are underway that could become a positive example to the Central Asian region in general. USERF is deeply invested in Central Asian religious freedom reform. In recent years, the commission has released numerous reports on the region and has held a hearing on religious freedom conditions in Russia and Central Asia just last year in September 2020. Prior to the pandemic, USERF delegations made several trips to the region, and the commission has been an active partner with the governments of Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan as they pursue religious freedom reforms. USERF has recommended Kazakhstan for tier two or the special watch list status since 2013 in response to deteriorating religious freedom conditions stemming from the passage of a new religion law in 2011. Today, in addition to surveying general conditions in recent years, which have steadily improved actually since 2018, we'll discuss developments unfolding right now including proposed amendments to the 2011 law that could significantly improve the religious freedom landscape in Kazakhstan. We're fortunate today to have with us USERF senior policy analyst Jason Morton, who covers Russia and Central Asia for the commission, to discuss these issues in more detail. Welcome, Jason. Thank you, Dwight. It's good to be here. Well, good to have you back again. Uh, before we learn more about these recent reform efforts, can you give us a background? Tell us more about the religious freedom landscape in Kazakhstan and more broadly and unpack that uh, for us, if you will. Sure. Yeah. So the government of Kazakhstan really does consider religious pluralism to be one of its distinctive legacies, uh, distinctive historical legacies. And it's eager to improve its image on international religious freedom. Kazakhstan is unique among former Soviet republics of Central Asia in, in having a genuinely diverse multi-ethnic and multi-confessional population. Uh, many of the other Central Asian republics tend to be more sort of mono-ethnic and, and, and mono-confessional. Uh, many religious groups with whom Yusuf met during a May 2019 visit affirmed that Kazakhstan is truly multi-confessional and welcoming to religion and belief. Uh, the country's ethnic and religious diversity owes a lot to its troubled history, which is kind of, I think, important to understand to really get at some of the key issues there. So under Joseph Stalin's rule, the Soviet Union deported many ethnic and religious minorities to the region. Uh, so not only were they sent to Siberia, Kazakhstan was another major sort of destination, a place where there were gulag camps. Uh, and this added large communities of, of Chechens, Jews, Germans, Poles, Koreans, and others uh, to the existing population of Kazakhs and Russians. Uh, these groups often brought religious practices with them, establishing faith communities that in, in many cases uh, endure to the present day. Many of these, including a sizable Russian Orthodox community, Catholic communities, Jewish communities, these are considered traditional religions in Kazakhstan. 
and their members experience the country at both the state and social level as the tolerant place in which to practice their faith. On the other hand, the late Soviet and early post-Soviet era witnessed an influx of religious influences uh, from places like the West, the Middle East, India, and many members of these religions, or, you know, who are considered to be non-traditional religions in Kazakhstan, uh, have a, a bit more of a difficult time in, uh, in, in the region. So locals, local officials, and society at large sometimes still tend to view them with suspicion. Uh, and although this is changing, and the government does realize that it's a problem, you know, there, there are some ongoing concerns. Now, part of the tension here derives again from history, from the historical position of the ethnic Kazakhs within Kazakhstan. So not only was the country a destination for deported communities under Stalin, it was also the site of one of the worst atrocities, really a genocide um, in Soviet history. The Kazakhs were a traditionally nomadic people, and they were at the time that the, the Soviet Union was established. And the Soviets tried to force them and successfully ultimately forced them onto collective farms, forced them to give up their nomadic existence during the uh, 1930s. And this resulted in a devastating famine, uh, as well as, you know, people just being placed in camps or killed. Uh, and, you know, estimates are up to 2 million ethnic Kazakhs died in that period. Uh, after World War II, Kazakhstan became a major site for immigration from the Western Soviet Union under what was called the Virgin Lands Campaign. This encouraged the migration of mostly ethnic Slavs to Kazakhstan in order to boost Soviet agriculture. When the Soviet Union collapsed, ethnic Kazakhs only comprised about 40% of the population in um, you know, the supposedly ethnic the Kazakh Republic. Since independence, you know, a lot of ethnic Russians emigrated to Russia, and many ethnic Kazakhs returned to Kazakhstan from Russia, also significant populations from China, where they had fled, and where there continued to be many uh, ethnic Kazakhs. Uh, many of them, you know, returned, and now, uh, at the present time, ethnic Kazakhs again constitute a majority, around 60% of the population would be ethnic Kazakh. But this sense that their ethnic identity is under threat creates a real sensitivity, um, both at the level of government and society. The government is protective of the historical role played by Hanafi Islam among the Kazakhs. And society sometimes views competing religious ideas, especially more recent arrivals considered to be non-traditional, as a threat to Kazakh identity. You mentioned in great detail about Kazakhstan's unique ethnic and uh, religious diversity. One of uh, USERF's recommendations urges uh, the Kazakhstani government to open its Congress of World and Traditional Religions to representatives of all faiths. Uh, can you tell us about this uh, Congress that the, that the government's been sponsoring and hosting and explain what, uh, what our recommendation entails? Sure. So this Congress really illustrates the importance of religious diversity and tolerance to Kazakhstan's self-image. It was started in 2003 by then President Nazarbayev, uh, and it was intended to position Kazakhstan at the forefront of international interfaith engagement. Uh, the building in which the Congress is held is actually one of the most distinctive kind of uh, buildings in the cityscape of the capital. And this, you know, sort of represents the, the, the real symbolic importance that this issue of, of interfaith dialogue has to the government. 
And the Congress is unique in many ways. It actually attracts some very high profile religious leaders from diverse faiths and provides a unique forum for them to engage on important issues like the role of faith in product security, tolerance and cooperation, uh, you know, kind of current issues uh, that, that all faith communities uh, experience on some level. So guests have included uh, the main Ashkenazi and Sephardic rabbis of Israel, prominent Muslim clerics from both Iran and Saudi Arabia, Christian leaders from Orthodox, Catholic, Lutheran, even Church of England traditions, uh, as well as a lot of you know, world leaders and, and high officials. Uh, it's it's already admirable that Kazakhstan hosts such an event, and USERF's recommendation recommendation is not it's not inte- intended to 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 detract from that uh, achievement. Our concern is really more about the fact that many small smaller non traditional religions like the Jehovah's Witnesses, for instance, uh, that that practice within Kazakhstan still struggle to gain acceptance in in Kazakhstan, and the government really does want to change this dynamic, but it's difficult to change social sentiments and prejudices at the local level. Uh, local law enforcement still sometimes see religious minorities as either a, either a threat or, or an easy target for bribes and things like that. Um, and our recommendation about opening the Congress to all of the, the religions practiced in Kazakhstan is a suggestion for how to change these perceptions. So the Congress is aimed at the leaders of traditional religions, um, and we we, th- we would like you know for it to be open to all all religions. We think that it would send a strong signal to Kazakh society for the government to invite leaders of these groups to participate in the Congress. And we don't see this particular issue as a religious freedom violation, you know, per se. Uh, the recommendation is really more of a strategy to achieve the kind of local change that the government already says it desires. Yeah, and it seems like it would be in their uh, best interest, not only perception-wise, but to demonstrate they're making progress. You know, as I mentioned at the top, uh, Kazakhstan has been very active in recent years, uh, showing a genuine desire to engage in reform and participate in the inaugural ministerials that the United States sponsored in 18 and 19 and has been active, as you mentioned, in the working group. Uh, So if you could... Uh, because USERF has been a partner with the with the government of Kazakhstan on a number of the reforms have been uh, working together to improve uh, conditions in the country. Could you tell us about this process, this unique process, not only for USERF, but for a government to engage so uh, actively and, and looking to make progress? And, and what do we hope to see in the coming months ahead? So in 2018, the government of Kazakhstan was actually poised to introduce a series of amendments to their uh, restrictive 2011 religion law that would have created even more restrictions on religious freedom. Uh, and U.S.-Kazakhstani engagement on religious freedom really you know, begins at this point, at the point at which the government decided to pull those amendments and actually engage in uh, a bilateral working group with the US government uh, in which USERF has been a participant from from the beginning. So the first uh, inaugural session took place in the Kazakh capital of Nur Sultan in May of 2018. And since that time, there've been three more sessions. Some of them in in the times of COVID have been virtual, uh, but USERF has participated in all of them uh, with the most recent one taking place this past June. Uh, USERF is is a participant as well as uh, the State Department, um, NGO guests, um, and, and, and others. 
Um, in the process of this working group, the Kazakhstani government has developed a roadmap for the reform of their religious freedom legislation and for oversight of religion. Uh, this has been discussed with U.S. partners and updated several times already at this point. Um, the U.S. has provided legal analysis of the 2011 law and offered recommendations for how to better align it with international standards. So just a couple examples of, of, of things that uh, you know the working group uh, and the U.S. side of the working group has sort of proposed as good ways to reform that law. Uh, one of the most important would be to change the requirement of 50 adult citizen members who are required to register a local religious organization. Uh, and and we you know would like to see this at capped at no more than 10 individuals. Uh, the reality is that uh, the system that's in place in Kazakhstan in which you have to register in order to practice religion at all, it's not to have legal um, uh, status or anything like that. It's really to, it's really to have um, the ability to practice at all, you have to, to register and it's illegal to practice religion without registration. So we're asking that if that is still going to be held in place that you know the, the numbers required to establish uh, a registered religion would be reduced at the local level. Uh, another one that we're, we're hoping for is that those those religious organizations which are already registered, that they would be exempted from the expert review of their literature that they produce or, or import. So at this this point, you know, religious organizations have to go through this difficult, onerous process of registration, and then anytime they want to import or distribute literature, uh, they have to go through another sort of oversight uh, process. And we really think that that's excessive, um, and that would be one thing that that would be a step in the right direction. Another one is uh, replacing the current requirement for official permission to conduct religious activity outside of a, of a registered religious building, uh, that that would be changed to a notification-based system, and a system that really already presumes permission, uh, except for clearly defined public safety or security exceptions. Um, right now, you know, that's that's one of the ones that, that uh, you know, is, is still in process, but the current draft of that notification-based system is still kind of onerous. It leaves significant discretion to local officials to, to really forbid the event, and it still looks a lot like you know, it's virtually indistinguishable from a permission-based system at present. But uh, you know, we're optimistic about the process of, and, and the potential for reform. On June 6, 2021, uh, President Takayev of Kazakhstan announced uh, the intention of the government to amend the 2011 religion law by the end of the year. And we anticipate seeing some of these changes that I've talked about, you know, among others, uh, very soon. In July 2021, so just this past month, USERF had several productive high-level meetings with Kazakhstani officials, and this included the chairman of the Religious Affairs Committee, uh, the Minister of Justice, the, the Ambassador to the United States, and the president's special representative on international cooperation. And this level of engagement is, is uh, really encouraging. We're, we're encouraged by their willingness to engage with us and believe in their sincere desire for reform. Well, that's certainly, you know, highlighting a lot of these areas. It is unique for a government to engage so proactively and to be willing to be part of this uh, a country where we recommend uh, for the special watch list. This is, uh, you know, there, there are many countries that 
you know, have uh, worse uh, profiles, but uh, this is a country has some issues, but it's really willing to work through them. So we certainly welcome them. And if uh, maybe we could get uh, some of your thoughts on what are some of the challenges that remain in terms of, are there any particular obstacles for the government to, to move forward, not only the religion law, but, you know, other things that, uh, what, would, what would be possible uh, things that would prevent them from uh, moving forward with their stated interest to improve conditions? Yeah, I mean, it's it really the case that there, there's always obstacles to leg legislative reform really anywhere. Uh, we recognize that real change takes time. Uh, the government of Kazakhstan has already instituted some things, you know, not at the level of legislation, but uh, promising, you know, developments nonetheless. They've instituted uh, international religious freedom roundtables uh, in which non-governmental organizations and religious minorities dialogue with members of the government. And that is, a you know, a real step in the right direction. But it does take, you know, real momentum to, to uh, reform something like the 2011 law. Uh, and no doubt there are elements within the government that thinks the reforms are a bad idea or who want to maintain as much control over religious institutions as possible. Um, some early drafts of the amendments have been disappointing from our perspective, you know, either not including certain promised reforms or in some cases even uh, seeming like they're increasing re restrictions on religious communities and activities. So that process is still ongoing. And, you know, we expect that, that those things will get better with time. Um, as I said earlier, there's understandable concern about protecting Kazakh ethnic identity, which includes this religious component of Hanafi Islam. Um, the problem is how to do that, how to protect that ethnic identity without creating a privileged position, or even really the perception of a privileged position for one expression of faith at the expense of others. Culturally, I, I think it's still hard for a lot of ethnic Kazakhs uh, in society at large to accept things like conversion to another faith or even different expressions of Islam than they're used to. Uh, the government of Kazakhstan gets nervous about potential, the potential for social unrest in the country and things like proselytization or the distribu distribution of religious literature are, are heavily policed, you know, primarily for this reason, to prevent sort of ethnic and religious tensions from boiling over. And it's a difficult problem to resolve, but uh, we believe that there is the will for it there and that the leadership that we've interacted with are sincere in their desire uh, for reform. Another really, you know, substantial Obstacle is the security dimension in Kazakhstan. Uh, and this is really only made more difficult by the current US withdrawal from Afghanistan. This is something that the region as a whole, you know, which is very close to Afghanistan, you know, there, there's a lot of concern about uh, the potential for spillover uh, from a deteriorating security situation in Afghanistan. The, the government is afraid of jihadist elements uh, infiltrating Kazakhstan. And even though terrorist attacks are extremely rare in Kazakhstan, there have been a few incidents in the last decade. And, you know, even more alarming, a significant number of Kazakhstani citizens did travel to Syria uh, and fight with ISIS. Now, Kazakhstan has actually taken the lead in repatriating women and children uh, from ISIS and helping them to readjust to society. Uh, but this specter of is Islamist extremism is a constant concern. And in our conversation with government officials, 
we try to emphasize that religious freedom and security are not mutually exclusive. Uh, contemporary research and data supports the claim that religious freedom increases social stability in the long term. Uh, no one benefits when citizens go to the darkest corners of the internet for the religious engagement because they feel unable to find authentic communities in established mosques or churches. You know, a plurality of religious perspectives tends to alleviate the appeal of extremism. And the worst case scenario is always one in which the only perceived choice is between government sanctioned religion and an illegal extremist alternative. You know, all of this being said, though, in the short term, it can be daunting for a government to ease its control uh, in the face of real threats. But ultimately, we believe it's the right choice, both ethically and from a long term security standpoint. Well, certainly a lot to uh, to digest there, uh, but we're we're encouraged by the progress, certainly. And and we know there's some challenges ahead, but certainly we're going to encourage and try to be supportive here. Uh, uh, I want to thank uh, our USURF senior policy analyst, Jason Morton, for his insights today to unpack a lot of uh, what's going on in Kazakhstan, uh, Kazakhstan and what uh, what the government's doing really to, to, to make some significant progress. We'll have to leave it right here. As always, you can find USERF's reporting on Kazakhstan and our latest policy recommendations, uh, that many of which were discussed today, on our website at www.uscirf.gov. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on USERF Spotlight. To learn more about USERF and about global religious freedom concerns, visit usurf.gov. That's U-S-C-I-R-F dot gov. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at U-S-C-I-R-F. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week for another USERF Spotlight.